0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another cloudy day here in the capital city, as once again, we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. My name is Scott Chaloner, and I'm delighted to be joined on today's programme by Mike Williams from Solar Medical and Chemical. Um, That would be a Gwent-based supplier of medical disposables, janitorial supplies and equipment for both businesses and the general public. Mike, very warm welcome. Welcome to you and thanks ever so much for joining us this afternoon.
1: Hi Scott, good afternoon and thanks very much for inviting me as well, very uh, privileged.
0: Real pleasure having you on the air with us, Mike. Now, um, the purpose of this discussion is to really ascertain your view on leadership as a whole. And I think it is fair to say that leadership is something that's really being put to the test at the moment, isn't it? With the COVID-19 pandemic, no less, and different business leaders having to feel their way through this crisis. And that goes for governments as well. Of course, we'll get onto that a little bit later in the discussion. But first and foremost, if we just look at that word sort of leader in isolation for a second, what does that word actually mean to you? And how does that that resonate? What ought a leader to be for you?
1: Uh, for me, a leader is somebody who has um, clear goals and objectives, and uh, everybody who works um, under that leader um, understands sort of the bigger picture and the key values of what um, the organisation is trying to do. Um, to enable a team to fulfil their roles through training, um, use of equipment, and um, team unification, really, I think that's really key. Um, It's also important right from the bottom to the top to have what I think is probably the most important thing, which is communication, um, whether it be at a workshop level, whether it be at management level, whether it be at the director level. I think it's really important that communication is fluent throughout the organization and everybody understands what the objectives, what the goals are, and have no fear of making decisions and also talking about what's going on before it escalates into something that become a monster rather than something that be resolved quite easily. So it's multifaceted as being a leader, but there's key, there's key sort of things that I think are important, and they're probably it, basically, at the end of the day.
0: Mm. And if we think about your leadership style, Mike, in the context of solar medical and chemical as a business, how would you go about describing that?
1: Um I'd like to have an enthusiastic and motivated workforce. I think they function much better, far better, and to let them realize what the goals and what the achievable goals are within the company. Um, I also like to recognize good and exceptional work. I think it's important to identify people who uh, go above and beyond. um, And also being dynamic and able to adapt quickly uh, with minimal disruption, uh, as you quite rightly alluded scott to the pandemic that's now in place um this has taken uh, quite a serious um point for us because we in essence manufacture a product that everybody's been screaming out for throughout the country so um we've had to deal with issues quickly um so they don't manifest we've had to be dynamic and as i say we've had to make decisions as well um as to who and who doesn't have the product, because it was an extremely scarce product. So, yeah, I try to be fair. I try to be uh, practical. I try to be pragmatic as best I can, um, and try to involve everybody at all levels, as I say. And uh, that, that's me.
0: And you mentioned there, of course, the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, which has brought a great deal of difficulty to many businesses um, all over the country, and it's been an incredibly tragic time for individuals as well. Tell me, um, for someone working within your line of industry which is very much a key industry throughout all of this how has it been adapting to meet the challenges of this because i can imagine it has posed quite um a challenge in the sense that demand has spiked and there's a lot of demand for things such as personal protective equipment um, at the moment
1: yeah you're absolutely right scott we um we've had tremendous issues but nothing has been um we haven't been able to overcome um we, as you mentioned too, our core business is providing supplies of continuous products and paper janitorial into um, nursing and residential homes and also PP equipment. But uh, more recently, probably since the middle of March, we've seen a huge spike in demand for uh, one of the products we manufacture. Uh, we do our own chemicals out solar. And one of the specific uh, products that we ma- we manufacture is something called AlcaGel, which is a hand sanitizer. Now this has been a being for uh, twenty years, and it's had a phenomenal impact on us, on the communities that we serve, on um, government agencies, on contractors. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants the stuff. So, um, as I say, it's been tremendously challenging, but we've overcome the difficulties as of they've of the sort of approached us. Um, probably the. Most difficult thing at the start was keeping everybody happy with a huge demand. As you can imagine, we'd gone from being a supply company in the sort of south and southwest, southeast of Wales, west of Wales, and the southwest of England, and covered that area quite comfortably with um, demands. And then the, probably the demand for hand sanitizer went from uh, probably 10, 15, maybe 20 fold to what it normally was. So we encountered um, Big problems in uh, getting fuel in because, uh, as you can imagine, our suppliers bring the um, normal amount of fuel that they need to make the hand sanitizer, which I mean is the alcohol itself, um, and also getting the stabilizers to go in the products from bottles that we use to put it into boxes to everything you name or you can think of and labels even that go on that product have become extremely difficult to get hold of. Uh, but we've managed it. Uh, we've managed it well, I think. And again, it's through teamwork and cohesion that we've done this. Um, and we've managed to get stuff out to many, many services, uh, like the ambulance service, the prison services nationwide for staff and inmates, uh, the local NHS and their outlets, other medical suppliers, nurseries, schools, even though they've been off themselves. Um, contractors who could keep working our nursing homes that we serve on a daily basis and also to other sub-distributors nationwide. We were having, at one stage, I would think probably close to 100 phone calls a day at minimum, um, be it nationwide and international phone calls and international email inquiries asking could they buy our product, which is alcohol um, asking could they sell it to them, they didn't care about the price. It's just been it's been scary. It's been something I've never, ever encountered before and I don't think I'll encounter again. It'll, it is where it is at the moment and things have sort of slackened off a bit but there's always going to be a demand for this. This is a massive changing lifestyle for mm-hmm. everybody. So we've had staffing issues as well. Um, we've gone from quite a small team um, of maybe six or seven employees and we've had big additional staff on um, and my boss is a big believer at the end of the day to keep your business local. So, people who've been furloughed or people who've been made redundant have uh, come to work for us and helping on the production line where we manufacture our gel And it's been, um, as I say, challenging, but very, very satisfying as well to, you know, sort of when, when stuff goes out through the door every morning, uh, to take it on, we, you know, we've been bringing on different drivers, new drivers, we've got to hire new vans. It's been <laughs> a bit of a religious nightmare. But we got there, um, we're still there, and we're still doing a good
0: job. And how have the stuff sort of taken to this? Because we've heard a great deal of stories of people who've gone above and beyond during this period um, and brought out the best in themselves during this time of adversity. And that's whether they've had to um, be furloughed and they've been involved in community work, whether they've um, had to adapt to remote working or whether they've had to continue to go on site and work with new safety procedures in place. Um, so I'm just interested to see how the staff at Solar have uh, sort of um, mustered a response to all of this.
1: Um, it, as I say, it's been very challenging. We've tried, you know, we observe the social distancing. Uh, we've had staggered shift work as well to uh, try and re- uh, reduce the amount of uh, contact people have with each other, especially on the uh, manufacturing side and on the the line, as we call it. And it's had a massive impact as well with um, in the office where we work. Uh, as I say, the phone calls and the inquiries that we have are just unreal. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's been very very difficult. But again, we have had to introduce measures. We at one stage we were, we had night shifts on as well because of the demand. We were running twenty four seven to try and keep up with the, with the demand. But it's been tough for a lot of the staff. Um, uh, it's noticeable that um, some people. Uh, not a cracking point. That'd be the wrong thing to say. But it has been a very, very testing times where people are working twelve and fourteen hour shifts, and being asked to do stuff which is uh, above and beyond. Um, And they've been incredible. Every single one of them has been, <clears throat> as I say, a pleasure to be there, a pleasure to be in amongst it. But it has had difficulties. There are problems, but we try to nip them in the bud as soon as we can, uh, so, so I say they don't escalate to something that they shouldn't be. But uh, We're all good at the moment. We're all still functioning.
0: That's really good to hear because there has been a renewed focus on mental health and well-being during this period as well. And I can imagine from a sort of management perspective, it's been quite difficult having conversations with some people because a lot of people look to their business leaders for vital reassurance. And when there's so much uncertainty about the future as there is in a time like this, it can be quite difficult keeping the communication channels open to provide reassurance specifically, even though it seems as if business has taken to remote working quite well on the whole.
1: Yeah, this um, communication is important, as I say, my very outset, it's been very important, um, as I say, right from the guys who mix and manufacture the product, right the way to, to the driver, to the um, order sheets that go downstairs for picking, for pallet, a sort of manifestation, to you know, liaising with customers as well uh, to make sure they get their product on time or as best as we can to time. Um, it's been a very challenging time, very difficult time indeed, but um we're very aware that um problems like this can can arise and try and keep an eye on best we can try and chat with the staff as frequently as we can to just make sure everything's okay at home as well as in work because obviously um uh, things with the pandemic take their toll at home um as well as in work and um you we just had to deal with it as best we can um we've been very sort of accommodating with people uh I've needed to work from home, certainly my staff for the last month. I've uh, had to do that for uh, shielding reasons. But um, it is, as I say, a very challenging time, very difficult time. But we got through it and we, you know, we're on the upward slope, hopefully.
0: And considering that we're starting to see lockdown restrictions eased, at least from Westminster anyway, um, and we're moving toward that new normal, what do you envision um, for yourself and for Solar Medical and Chemical for the next uh, 12 to 18 months, Mike, as we do move into the new normal and through the course of this pandemic? Because being based in Wales, I can imagine that there's maybe some difference to what may be expected from a business um, in uh, England, for example.
1: Yeah, I think that our sort of um core beliefs are to keep going the way we're going which is to uh keep in touch with the or keep supplying into the nursing homes, keep getting their products that they need. It's not just being PP that's been difficult to get hold of. It's, uh, for example, ingredients that went to dis- disinfecting some of the chemicals which again form part of their cleaning routines. They've been very, very difficult to get hold of. Um and it's just been, as I say, for the next twelve to eighteen months while well, I can force i c I can't see a big change in myself if I'm totally honest. I think people will change, um and the world's gonna be a much different place to what we you know, what we used to live in. It's gonna be tough going forward, I think, to again maintain the level of uh, production that we do in uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there and also to meet people's needs within the local communities as well because not everybody can afford like seven quid for a bottle of hand sanitizer. Um, and it's, it's something that my <clears throat> boss has addressed as well. And we've all had a chat about this and we've made some donations to local hospitals, hospices and charity organizations for people who are desperate for hand sanitizer, couldn't get it, maybe not afford it. Um, and we're always... You know, sort of an open year business, whereby if anybody's desperate, then we're trying to help out as best we can. But certainly, the next twelve and eighteen months, I think the most important thing will be to keep our brand identity. Now, as I say, Alpha Gel is something that's been established for uh, the best part of twenty years. Um, it's got certain stabilizers and it's made for certain formulation to make it a gel rather than a liquid. Uh, we've seen the market flooded recently with cheap. Uh, Turkish and Chinese imports, which are dangerous is probably the best word to describe them, even though they conform to the seventy percent alcohol. Um, they can cause boons. They can cause several issues that we've heard of. So going forward, I think we just need to maintain our brand identity and try and educate the public as well that cheapest is not always best. Um, and to buy a tried and tested formula something that comes with a a safety data sheet, something that's been used and has got testimonies against it. Um, That would be my biggest nightmare is for people to buy cheap and nasty products and, you know, cause themselves injury or even long-term illnesses as a result of using it where it's just not been tried and tested. But the business will hopefully flourish. Uh, We'll keep on an upward curve. Uh, We'll keep staff happy. Um, We'll keep working to our principles. And hopefully, um, as I say, it, it will help us grow, help us grow and flourish in the future
0: mm, and let's certainly hope that the business is going to uh, flourish in the uh, the future, because demand is certainly going to be there for uh, such a products might for sure. and you know, I think in the next few months, once we start to understand more about what the situation um, is going to be like, we could actually catch up and have you back on the program, given how informative it's been today, just to see how um, things are getting on in that respect.
1: Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I'd have no objection to doing that whatsoever. I'd, uh, it'd be a pleasure to come back and talk to you as a today.
0: I think from a listener's perspective, it would be wonderful, certainly, just to uh, gauge um, what's changed in the, uh, the time between, for sure, and have a retrospective look at what we've um, sort of outlined um, for today. Um, Mike, I've got to say, it's been a real pleasure having you on the, uh, the programme with us uh, this um, afternoon. And thank you ever so much again for uh, the time taken to join us. But most importantly, until we do touch base in the future again, do take care and do stay safe with all still going on, because we're certainly not out of the woods with this yet.
1: No, I 100% agree. And um, my message is to everybody, stay safe out there and stay well. And, you know, the social distancing is very, very important for everybody. But um, if you are going to buy personal protective equipment, if you are going to buy hand sanitizer, then please research the product that you buy in. Um, don't be fooled that cheap is good, as I said previously. Please, please, please don't buy any um, stuff that's on the market that appears good if it's not tried to tested. No testimonies against it. Then I'm afraid it's like everything else. You, you get what you pay for at the end of the day
0: that's exactly right and for those listening as well do stay home where you can do take care and look after yourselves and stay safe because it really does make a difference in saving lives i was just speaking there to mike williams from solar medical and chemical and coming up next on the program today i'll be handing over to jonathan white for his exclusive interview with former england cricket captain sir andrew strauss sir andrew is currently the director of cricket for the england and wales cricket board but during his days as england skipper he joined an illustrious Club of just three England captains to have secured the ashes both at home and away in Australia. During his time with the armband, he also racked up the second highest number of Test victories for an England captain in history. Quite impressive. I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking with Sir Andrew himself, and that is coming up next.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White, and today we are joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former Director of Cricket at the ECB. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Real pleasure to be here. Thank you.
2: Uh, The pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least with your knighthood for services to sport just last year. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Um, Now, there have been ups and downs in the career, like any career, including public and private disagreements with certain individuals. And on that front, ashes series is one of the greatest sporting moments of this country's history now we could chat for hours about that but i know uh i wouldn't be allowed to and 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 you've got (laughs) other places to be so (laughs) we can't do that but i if i may i would love to ask what your highlight was personally for that but perhaps more importantly um as a team how were you able as a group to deal with the pressure no doubt you were feeling
3: yeah well the the pressure is like nothing else that I experienced before or after because you know I think it's easy to forget how how much of a holy grail the ashes was mm. back then. you know we hadn't won it for so long, and it seemed like we'd come up against these invincible Australian teams year after year, so you know the the closer we got to it, the harder it became um I remember Ashley Giles walking into the dressing room for the f- i think it was in final day of the series and I looked at him and he looked absolutely terrible (laughs) like just white of a sheet gray he looked like aged about five years I went god Charlie you're not looking too good and he went yeah it's not surprising I haven't slept for eight weeks (laughs) and I went well join the club you know I think we'd all been sort of living this behind our own closed doors and um, yeah it was just an extraordinary thing and uh, without doubt the the highlight was Number one, drawing that game at the oval yes. to make sure we 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 won the ashes, but also the day after, you know, that open top bus parade around London and to understand that we'd broken out of the cricket bubble, that just general sports fans or just people that were interested in in seeing England win at something were all engaged and uh, completely besotted by the whole thing. I think that's
2: such a key point now because there's, there's so there were so many people back in two thousand five that may have